1: Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Appreciate you joining us on this holiday. Hope you're having a great one. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. On Twitter, it's at Show. And away we go. Quick announcement. i to try to get my microphone working properly. Here we go. and It's working fine, but I did not have it organized. This is what happens when we're not organized. Now it's organized. Now it is organized. I feel for the people who just tuned in and kind of like did not hear that beginning part and all that and then they hear that. That's the first thing they hear. This is what happens when we're not organized.
0: I think most people would be happy to hear that. That's a welcome sound from yesteryear. It's a, it's a it is
1: a welcome uh, sound from yesteryear. Jimbo <laughs> Yelling at Lawrence Dossie, angry about once again, once again, right? I think that was
0: spring 2011, if I recall. I might have been 2012, but they were on the IM fields yeah, that year, yeah, yeah, because they had to do the work to the practice fields to get them level and not all crooked and stuff.
1: Yeah, there was some. Yeah. <laughs> there were reasons for that too, reasons for that as well. Uh, yeah, so we're good. It's good to be here. Hope you're well. Hope you had a great Father's Day weekend. Hope you have a great Juneteenth today for those of you. Taking the day off as you should—it's a holiday. Uh, celebrate and uh, learn a little something about that. It's pretty cool. Uh, by the way, one thing—one thing to uh, note on that. By the way, as um, it is a new holiday, uh, it's been celebrated for a long time, but it's a new holiday. And um, some holidays come and go. I'm kind of like, eh, indifferent. Eh, Others, I'm like, oh, that's a good holiday. That's that's a, that's a holiday we should be celebrating. This is one of those. I was just thinking about how frustrating it would be, like even in the moment, uh, because enforcement of the Emancipation Proclamation generally speaking, uh, worked with the advancement of Union troops. So Texas was a faraway post. It took a long time for that information to come out. Like, they needed Union to get there. And so once that happened, what? what? We've been free for two years? Yeah, 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 you really have. Sorry about that. That would, you'd be like, oh, at once, well, awesome. What the hell? You'd be furious. Anyhow. Happy Juneteenth. Uh, No, no, I was going to say something else, and I got sidetracked on my Juneteenth. Oh, I know it is. Father's Day. I hope you had, uh, for those of you out there, I hope you had a great Father's Day. What did you get? Yeah, I'll tell you what I got. I got something awesome. Uh, I got a... a, car repair bill. No, well, that that I have, too. No, I just want, you know, Bryce. Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, no. I have a ton of... um, (laughs) Of... Frustrating things to deal with, and one of them is a car repair bill. But that's of my own doing, and that's that's I'm getting that fixed right now. Should be ready this week, by the way, Tom. This week I get my baby back. I All right. Wait. No, I got a, I got uh, little funny things, you know, seasoning for meats that I grill. That's always a good thing. Seasoning. I, I like different seasonings. Rubs. Yeah, rubs of the. I got that. Uh, and then in addition to that, um, I got a nice card. And, you know, uh, in the past, the card would be like, love, love you, dad. You know, Bryce, love you. You know, They call me. So my kids are weird. Uh, they call my wife, their mom, mother. And they call me, their dad, father. It's like something out of the Waltons. They, they'll say, father, uh, what time are you going to be home today? And it's just kind of become normal. That's just the way it is. Father. Bryce started that. And then the second one, Clark, followed. And that's what it is. Mother, what, what's for dinner tonight? That's how it happens in our house. It, it is hilarious, right? So I got a card on Father's Day, and both of them took the time. This is the first time. I didn't realize what the age would be, that they actually wrote something of significance in it. So I'm going to hold that card forever. That was the best part of my Father's Day, other than the fact that my father was also in town. So that was great. He was here. Lots of four-state football talk, by the way. Lots Opa's of, ready? Opa is ready to go. We were mapping it out, whether he's going to join me up at Clemson, all that stuff. We were talking about the pick game late in the year. We were talking about the LSU game. We were talking about all the games, all the games, and it was cool. Oh, it should be noted that today is 67 days to the start of college football. All right. Now, more than that for Florida State, but 67 days, that's it. That's nothing. Buddy. That is nothing.
0: That's really nothing. With July 4th and camp, you're basically at 30 days.
1: 30 days. <laughs> camp is the big thing, right? Yeah, once yeah. you get... Yeah, because college football, um, August 26th is the is the first game. Um, and then, of course, we know for Florida State, it's a little bit different. we got to wait a little bit longer, but that game's September the 3rd. Yeah, but we're going to watch Navy-Notre Dame at
0: least for a quarter. A little bit more that first weekend because we're previewing our own experience next year, what it's going to look like in Dublin.
1: I'm pumped. Good times. It's going to be so glorious. I'm I'm excited about all of it. I'm excited about where Florida State's at. I'm excited about all those things. Did you happen to see, now I'll get to recruiting in a moment because Florida State's in a good position and some big names were in town and just the buzz around this program over the next few days is only going to be heightened. I think they're going to get some good answers this week. And that's what a lot of people want to talk about, rightfully so. And I'll get to that uh, in a moment. Did you tune into? I know you and I were obsessed with, and hopefully you all enjoyed the U.S. Open uh, and and, and the primetime conclusion that we got. Saturday night was incredible. I I just sat there watching Saturday with my dad. I mean, I've watched more golf on Saturday than any human being should. And I love golf. I love golf. But even I had to admit, by the time we got done, it's 11 o'clock at night. I've been watching golf since noon.
0: Ridiculous. They pushed the outer limits in that time zone, too. It was basically pitch black as they're coming down
1: the stretch. They, they butchered that. They really kind of butchered that. That was stupid. Uh, you had people playing meaningful holes in the dark. It's not what you do. It's just not what you do. And I think they regretted it. It's easily avoidable. It is easily avoidable. Yeah, they, they screwed that up. Um but nonetheless, it was enjoyable for us on the East Coast to be able to watch primetime go prime time golf, maybe grow out a little bit, have a cold, icy beverage, enjoying the golf in the back. Oh, it was incredible. I loved it. I loved it. But did you happen to catch any of the college world series? No, not one pitch. If you would have watched Virginia's coach choke the game away against Florida, you would have been appalled. i'm glad you didn't watch it. It was something to behold. It was one of those moments that you feel like you could sue for malpractice. The kind of absurdity that took place on Saturday night. It was hard to watch. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, A pitcher on the hook, clearly in trouble. You have a two-run lead entering the ninth. You've got Florida beat. He gives up a towering home run to start the ninth. I mean, it still hasn't landed. He gets the next out. He gets an out, and you're like, okay. Okay. The next pitch is a towering home run that ties the game. The the out he got was a pitch down the heart of the plate. So he's given up two home runs, and the only other pitch was down the heart. My man comes out and talks to him, then turns around and walks back to the dugout. Meanwhile, he's had a kid out there warming up for half an hour. That kid throwing 150 pitches in the bullpen. Looking out there, waiting to get called in. Gives up a hit, gives up a hit, then beans a guy, bases loaded. Still hasn't come to get him this whole time. Then he goes and gets the other kid. What are we doing? Sack fly, game over, you lose. It was it was something. It was is the kind of thing that partially because it was Florida, but also just because we've we've seen that mistake. Uh, yeah. We sure. saw it here in a in a regional. Yep. After a rain delay. Yeah. Where you're like, really?
0: Hmm. Gonna do that, are we? First pitch? I forget. That's as first far as it can be hit, that ball.
1: That's as far as you can hit one, <laughs> that's a toughie.
0: So that tells me the way that you're relaying the story, you took in every pitch.
1: Oh, I was yelling of that situation. So Christy was laughing at me because she's in a conversation with my stepmom. My dad and I are glued to this on the other couch, and I we're both just sipping, watching. I'm like, can you? Bo- what are we doing? And even my dad, even my dad was like, "Oh, well, this is this this is." I'm like, Dad. I cannot believe I'm watching this. It was something to behold. Yeah, you would have, you would have, you would have laughed, cried all at the same time. Something. It's like talking about uh,
0: accounting. You know, like accounting can be something that gives you anxiety. Mismanaged situations in the ninth inning. Even if it's not my team. Even if it's not my team. Just watching a manager blow a game. It just gives me the creepy crawlies as it's happening. It's, it's not a comfortable thing. I used to, in my younger days, take pleasure when a manager was blowing a situation. I just thought it was funny. Now I get all anxious about it because he could just see it coming. It's like watching a car crash in super slow motion.
1: Baseball does it better than any other sport. It's also the worst thing on earth to watch when it's yours. And you're right. I mean, the way it takes place and unfolds very gradually, it's it's time consuming. They don't rip the Band-Aid off in baseball. It is a very time-consuming stumble, fall, collapse. I knew this was going to happen when you walk the first guy. This is, you know, usually that's how it is. Oh, we're going to walk the leadoff hitter of a one-run game. Sure, this is going to end well. (laughs) That's usually when it happens. It's the grape lady in Exmo speed. Oh, buddy, yeah. You're just
0: watching her tilt. Yeah, and there she goes. But we're going to wait for another 10 minutes to actually see her hit the ground.
1: But at least with the grape lady, there's a wonderful ending, and that is the sound of her writhing in pain, making that awkward z- 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 sound over and over again. That's a wondrous ending to a hilarious video where you know the conclusion is going to be just that. The, the ending of a baseball game as blown by the team you're rooting for is always much worse. Like, ah, there's the nail. There's the death nail. I knew that was coming. It took a half an hour we got to watch this all play out. Cause you know what else happens in the end of a baseball game typically? It it it's littered with moments of hope. Like you get the out by accident that's hit right at somebody. Well, maybe baseball will be baseball. Maybe this guy will get a pass for being a dumbass, and this ball will just go right to somebody and we'll double somebody off.
0: Yeah. First pitch to their hottest hitter, six inches outside. He,
1: yeah. he called a strike, <laughs> you go, Oh, it's on one. In college baseball, you might really get that extra. Yeah. Six to seven uh, and, inches outside and the plate. Softball could oh, be in the other dugout. Sure, sure, without question. Uh, yeah, so that that's happened, and I already, you know, I kind of already knew what was going to happen with that college world series. Feel like it's foregone conclusion. Four is going to win another one. Second uh, national title. Uh, Wake Forest we'll or see.
0: LSU are out there. We'll see. Those are our white
1: knights. So many moments. So let's hope. And I brought his name up on Friday's show that Charles Lester the third. Five-star DB will be making his way in. I don't know if you guys saw Michael Langston's report, um, but uh, Patrick Sertan spent a lot of time with Charles Lester. Almost like he was a priority. Uh, A lot of time um, as they began to try to connect, and uh, Coach Norvell was very involved with Charles Lester as well. Very involved. Uh, And there you go. Yeah, not surprising. Not surprising. Let's hope that Charles Lester, the third, uh, five-star, Hey, listen, it's a Florida kid.
0: There were a run of commitments over the weekend, specifically yesterday. If you follow any of these accounts, like, you know, this is part of our gig. So on three recruits is something I follow. And they put out those graphics. The guy Hayes Fawcett does those, you know, mm-hmm. edits. And I mean, yesterday on the back nine of the U S open, there must've been 12. I'm scrolling through like for Texas and, for Alabama and Ohio State.
1: Florida just, got a few. Yeah. It's just and Florida. It's going and going
0: and going. And I think the hot streak is going to make its way to our neighborhood probably this, this week. week. Yeah. Yeah. But yesterday that was unbelievable. It is visit season, so it makes a lot of sense. But uh if you're wondering
1: if we're gonna get involved in that at all, it probably could be. Well, and I keep going back to the fact that it's really cool to see that there's a quarterback on the horizon that we're all really excited about and who continues to impress every time he gets an opportunity to, and Luke Cromenhawk, if I could speak on a Monday. Um, And, you know, every time that you see footage or you hear uh, scouts talk about him, he's just getting better and better and better, and he seems more emboldened about his eventual path to Florida State than ever before. And that when you get a kid who is that well thought of, who continues to ascend the rankings ladder for what it's worth, uh, who is as outward and exuberant in his commitment to your program, uh, when you get a kid like that, uh, the better that class is going to look because of people who want to follow that.
0: Well, and there's so much to love about this class already is that you do have cornerstone pieces like and Hawk, like Camp Davis. But Camp Davis is going to be a beast. You're going to have anywhere from four to six wide receivers that are all good. I mean, they say that again, four to six wide receivers mm-hmm. that are really good. And if Lester and some others on the defensive side say yes, then it's just going to get contagious. You know how this goes? You've seen it. I mean, it was that way for us for a long time. Hasn't been in a minute. But you see it for Alabama or Georgia or Clemson or wherever, and there's just this momentum that really occurs because kids want to go play with each other and, and build empires. And so, if we can get a couple of yeses this week, we do what we're supposed to do on the football field this fall. I mean, it, it, there's a chance this class could be pretty far up there in the rankings by the time it's all said and done
1: well and it's either way it's revealing information for you you know I've said this is a good coaching staff with a a really good head coach and a a very very good offensive line slash offensive coordinator and, and, and cohort doing battle there he and he and Alex Adkins meaning Norvell and Alex Adkins are really good tandem I love them but we still have uh, a jury out on on the staff as you try to ascend to greatness, and these are the moments where you get answers to questions that you have, and you know, in truth, signing day is the answer. I mean, you got to actually procure the yes as opposed to the verbal. Um, you got to get that. Uh, we've seen obviously that you can be burned, but. We're now holding people to high standards. It's good to see that the progress is quite evident in the form of those elite players that are making their way here and want to be part of the camps and to see what Florida State's all about and to talk with these coaches. The level of that athlete has ascended to, to real heights of uh, uh of excitement because you got four or five star kids here instead of three and four, you know three two and three star kids
0: well the criteria has expanded in this era of college football of what separates you from other institutions and the you know the biggest one that everybody talks about is Nil and of course it can't be inducement of course not mm. but it needs to be robust all the same so as a program at that level it's expanded but then also as a coach as a coach the criteria have expanded too for example I think adam fuller is a good one you have to recruit high school. You have to develop. You have to be apt on the field. That's always been the case. But now you got to be good when it comes to transfer portal recruitment as well. That That is something different. You're recruiting a different type of person, somebody who has been wronged or has been cast off from a program or who was undervalued coming out of high school or was a late bloomer. So that is a, you're talking to an adult, something closer to an adult mm-hmm. when you're going into the portal versus what you're doing in high school. So as you're evaluating... You know, is this coach good enough to get us to the, the plateau, the final one of greatness? It's not just about being a developer. It's not just about being able to go win in living rooms. It's not just about the portal. It's that you have to add all these things together, and then across that side of the football, you could probably spread those skills. But I think there's no doubt that Adam Fuller, because that's what we're talking about here, the defensive side of the ball, has been excellent at procuring those kinds of adults out of the portal to come here to Florida State. Now, can the defensive side of the ball take that step forward from the high school side? Because if they can, then top five is absolutely within reach.
1: Well, they have to, though, Tom, because I don't believe the model is sustainable as currently constructed. Winning these elite players off the edge like a Jared Verse will not continue to happen. First of all, there's not a lot of them in the portal. The the kind of special players that Jermaine Johnson and Jared Verse are, they're not out there. Florida State happened to get two of the very few that have been out there in the portal. Most of those elite players off the edge or in the interior of the offensive and defensive line, they are of the high school recruit uh, pool. They, they go to Alabama. They go to Georgia. You've got to get those kids. They're not transferring. They're not putting their names in the portal all that often. And you can't rely on that to be the, the crooks of what you're doing uh, to make up your defense. So they've done it out of necessity. And they've won it, and they deserve credit for it, as you you're noting. But from here to sustain and continue to be upwardly mobile, I believe you're going to have to get better at bringing in the highest caliber of player from the high school ranks. They're showing the ability to get those kids onto campus now, and to have those conversations. Now we got to see them close them. And and you know, listen, getting them on campus is half the battle. You got to develop the relationship.
0: Yeah, it is. And then I think a a third of the battle after that, if we want to get into fractions and say, oh, my God, there's five fifteenths and here's (laughs) Um, you also have to take care of your NIL side. So, you know, we really have lauded what the battle's end, for example, has done from a retention standpoint, but it doesn't stop there. Just because we focused on retention this year doesn't mean we're going to do it in the next And as this thing develops until whatever legislation comes down or rules or provisions are put in place, you need to make sure that that continues. I think that, that across college Mm -hmm. football is, it's not in the bubble phase yet where it's going to burst and it's going to contract. I think it's still, the funding needs to go up up and away in order to be able to get all the yeses that you're looking for from the 17 and 18 year olds, but then also the 22 year olds that are you know going to be one and done in December and January.
1: The greatest area of, um, well, I should say, the, the, the best way to aid those yeses and to have the larger conversation about a roster retention, roster improvement, high school ranks, portal ranks, is, of course, wins on the field. All of that translates to more yeses and more opportunity to make sure that you showcase just how shrewd you are as a collective like they are and or they have so far. Um, just winning. Just winning. I mean, that brings people to town. And if you, if you treat it like an NFL salary cap, there's
0: going to be a lot of room under the cap this offseason because how many dudes are we going to have drafted next year? A lot.
1: A dozen? It's, you know? been, it's been a minute since we will have as many players drafted as Florida State will next there's year. There's going to be a lot of graphics at Warchant.com saying going pro,
0: you know, with somebody's photo. Off to the next level. Off to the pros. That's what December, January is going to be about. So there's going to be a lot of room for either retention for the players that have emerged. Like, for example, if you were to handicap, this off season, I think Patrick Payton might be one of your leading men for roster retention this upcoming winter. You think Patrick Payton has a chance to go pro? Because I kind of think he does if he takes the next big step. Which is why he becomes, I think, yes, I, I, that, that's a hefty price tag because he's a high school kid that came here. So he's got a transfer ability. And then also, if he has a really good and productive season, then he's got the size and the frame that would project. If he continues to get bigger... He's already quick, and he plays really well this year. I think we could lose him. I agree. But, that's again, that tag goes up on the guarantees, and you can make your pitch. This past winter, there were how many? Half dozen to ten?
1: retention candidates that you oh, kind of needed to lock down. Big ones. I mean, you just start with Jordan, Travis, Johnny Wilson, and Trey Benson. Just start with that, that trio yep. right there. Those Love were it, huge.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, yeah, there was it, a lot of work to do in the retention front. Mm. I don't think you're going to have a lot of guys that are going to be swayed to come back. They've done their, they've done their bit in no, college. At,
1: you know, at some point, you've got to let guys walk when it's time to go pro and you're going to be a first-round guy. Then it's, it's time to ride. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days.
0: The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to
1: a party, a pool party, say, this summer,
0: and what do I bring? Just bring a beer. Giant thing. No. And Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, <laughs> you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces and they're all delicious.
1: I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're
0: like so, peach trees in Atlanta,
1: they're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud golden chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. It's Jeff Kemper, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Uh, don't know if you came across this article. It doesn't directly affect Florida State, but it reminded me of the things that we hope happen in the near future. So, Tom, last week, that list came out of the top 25 uh, programs, whatever it was, the most profitable collegiate athletic departments in 2022. And we talked that those things are uh, behind. That typically, that that the next year's amount is the more accurate assessment of where you're at, not the one. Pre- but you know, so this was for 2022, and Florida State was on the list and in a comfortable spot, but not where we wanted it to be, and and it was disturbing when you see, you know. Indiana, for example, at thirty four point three seven million, compared to Florida State's ten point three six million, and then you look at a, you know, like like it's not surprising to see. I've, I just pulled it back up. It's not surprising to see, uh, you know, twelve million for a Texas or a Nebraska and eleven million for a Virginia, whatever. But when you see a a, a UCF in this list, and you're kind of like, well, we we're gonna have to get with the program. Well, get this. I clicked on that to learn more over the weekend on my laptop. I was sitting there watching the golf for hours, Tom, 10 hours watching golf. At some point, you distract yourself and you read some other things. So I went down the rabbit hole of looking at how they account for these numbers and how were some of these programs, because if you go further down and look at the report, you see names of teams that make zero sense, programs that make zero sense for being a profitable athletic department, um, I mean, like, more profitable than other schools, for example. Like, why would Binghamton be in the same area code as a Kansas or a Texas or a Florida State? So I was like, uh, I want to find out. I want to know, how is it that they are? And then I found out, specific to Binghamton, they got a 6 so. These reports that come in, how long, how, how dated are they? How far back do they are? This the, is this the previous year's revenue or the, or two years ago? Yes, yeah, so this
0: is 2021, 2022, if it's based off of what we got last week. So right. it's, it's trailing data by about a full fiscal year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In some cases, I think a little bit more, even like a year and a half. I was looking at these numbers. It's, it's interesting, like it carried over a year and a half. Somebody gave Binghamton University, $60 million as a gift to which they are going to fully fund an 84,000-square-foot state-of-the-art baseball stadium. You can look at the artist's rendering. It is a far cry nicer than Dick Hauser at Binghamton, New York, Binghamton University. They announced the largest gift ever, $60 million, to build a baseball complex. It was an anonymous gift. This gift will help put Binghamton University into the upper echelon of all Division I schools, Binghamton. This unprecedented gift perfectly matches donor passion and the strategic needs for the campus. It is my hope that it will inspire others to give back to the area of campus that they are most passionate about. He's asking for more money. You greedy sack of you-know-what. Really? 60 mil isn't enough at Binghamton? This is an exciting time for Binghamton. We are extraordinarily grateful for the generosity of our donor family. This generous and historic donation will provide the Binghamton University baseball team with world-class facilities. <laughs> Jesus, man. It better. That according to Christina Johnson. Oh, Chancellor. As a former Division One athlete, I know that the lessons sports teach, teamwork, discipline, collaboration towards a common goal, are invaluable life lessons that will be supported by this wonderful gift. You don't have to do it. You already have the money. Don't do this nonsense. This facility will expand SUNNY's regional and national reach and exposure.
0: Yeah, SUNY. SUNY Binghamton.
1: Inspire others to give back to further our academic and athletic prowess and build on the tremendous level of community spirit here at Binghamton. So go ahead, surf the internet. You'll see it. It's a massive, beautiful facility. (laughs) The envy of any in baseball apparently resides in Binghamton. That's all because I fell down a rabbit hole trying to find out how the hell Binghamton was even on this list. $60 million anonymous donation. They didn't believe it
0: when they got that phone call. They didn't believe it. And they shouldn't have.
1: It's like the phone call. We won't believe that we get to elevate the studios of the Jeff Cameron show. When that check comes in anonymously, Jeff, I want you to have this five million dollars to aid what you're doing at War Chant and on the radio program and through the podcast. It's unbelievable, Tom. No, well, we'll find what we can do for the studio
0: for ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's called retirement, buddy.
1: <laughs> unbelievable. I just want to stare at this baseball stadium. This thing is something. It's not domed. I would think for $60 million, you could get a retractable roof there in New York. York, For sure. You're going to need a little something, something. Cold is all get out up in New York. I know that
0: Binghamton exists. It's not because my family comes from New York. It's because
1: they were an
0: affiliate of the Mets forever. The B-Mets. Binghamton.
1: I'll tell you what. Maybe they could play there and rent out the facility. The team, is that double A, single A, triple A? Yeah, it was uh, double. Well, they ought to play in this place because I'm sure it's a far cry better than the place they're currently (laughs) playing in. Has to be. So that's how, that's how we arrive at these astronomical numbers. Uh, just have a little fun with it. Clicking on these universities and their profitability. I was like, what in the, why are the Kennesaw State's on this list? Why, what am I looking at? Yeah, it's all donations. It's people just dropping off $60 million, $90 million, $70 million, $40 million. Goodness gracious. i got to be honest with you. I love Florida State. There's zero chance I'm dropping a check for $60 million. Anything close to it. Zero chance. I don't care if I'm worth 10000000000 billion. I'm not giving you $60 million. If you were worth 10000000000 billion, you'd drop $60 million. You would. That's nothing. At that I told point. you what I would do if I did. Everything would be named Jeff Cameron. <laughs> Jeff Cameron School of Arts. Jeff Cameron Communication School. Jeff Cameron Journalism School. Jeff Cameron Football Stadium. Jeff Cameron Field. The Florida Jeff State Jeff Cameron. We would be taking the field with a giant poster of me. We'd be breaking through a poster of me. You'd replace the pregame tradition.
0: There would be a bowing service to the rug. You'd you'd use the rug. I'd require somebody
1: to hold it up at all times during the game. Yeah. People have to walk around the stadium as a constant reminder that the lap of luxury that you're currently seated in is because of me and only me. That would also be the pregame video.
0: (laughs) There's no need for hype to come out of the tunnel. I mean, folks, as a reminder,
1: oh, here it is. Must be two minutes before kickoff. I'd do the double down. Welcome into Jeff Cameron Stadium on Jeff Cameron Field. Good to have you on board. There you'll see the renovated concourse, Jeff Cameron concourse, which leads you down the third baseline known as the Jeff Cameron line. Everything, foul poles, the Jeff Cameron poles. It gets dicey, all of it. That's, it. that's $60 million. You call that the dong decider. Oh, <laughs> That's the Jeff Cameron Dong Decider poll. People be like, "That Jeff Cameron must have done a lot." Yeah, yeah, he did. He did a lot. It decides if it's foul or not. That's all it is. This is the uh, this is the uh, chemistry building, also known as the Jeff Cameron Building. Jeff didn't study chemistry. Doesn't know the first thing about it. No, but it's it's most assuredly named after him. But if
0: you put lasers on the Dong Decider, then you could also have audio tracks. Or if it's fair or foul.
1: Yeah, it'd be
0: me. My voice.
1: Fair. That's a (laughs) home run. Fair ball. Home run. Foul. Foul. It lights up. The dong decider said it was foul. It lights up red for foul, green (laughs) for fair. Legacy would be renamed the Jeff Cameron course. I'd call Trey and ask him how my golf course was doing. Are we keeping it up to standard? I mean, that's, that's oof, $60 million. You better be worth a billion dollars just to write a check for $60 million. Anonymous, somewhere. too. Interesting. Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd know about it. It'd light up New York City. It'd be like the bat symbol, but it'd be me and how much I donated. The picture, of, like, pointing back to the people of Manhattan. I just want Manhattan to know what I've done for Tallahassee. <laughs> as many cities as I could pay about 60 million goes a long way one would think Jeff Cambridge at 933 real talk radio orchid TV hey guys our next partner is ag1 the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health I drink it quite literally every single day I began using ag1 because I'll be honest with you I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great was quick and easy to remember so I do it I do it every morning when I wake up I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to – all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious, it's quick, it's easy, it's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better, I promise. Time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Jeff, email. Wanna, I've done that? Uh huh. Just want to warn. Everybody not to sleep on the pit game. Seems like nobody brings this game up as a concern. This is an email from Matt. Matt, Tom and I have some. We, we kind of noted if there was a game on the schedule that doesn't jump off the page as an obvious challenge the way that LSU or Clemson does, or a rivalry game like Florida can, that pit would likely be the candidate that could be of, of, of concern. Yeah, the sequencing and the schedule, too. It's just not in an ideal place later
0: in the year could have a weather issue up there and they'll be motivated. If we're living up to our standard,
1: that's going to be their season. And they've been known. They've been known too. I think the number one thing I'd point out here, and he gives a bunch of reasons why, um, you know, he he worries about them at the line of scrimmage, that they're good on the line of scrimmage. um, And we all know how important that is. Mentioned that um, they do have one of the top cornerback tandems in the ACC. And that while Narduzzi can be a bit of a goof. His system does indeed breed very physical players, and I, I think that's true. I think that's accurate. And if if you were to play a cold weather game and have it be very physical, and they have a strong offensive and defensive line, yeah, you could be in a ball game. You could be in a ball game there. Um, you just probably not heard it from us, Matt. But I have brought it up. I have talked about this before. That I think that's the game that would I would nominate as the game that is most difficult. That's not named. LSU or or Clemson. I think that's right. Um, I think that's probably right. Uh, they're, they're, that's a good program. That's not an elite team. It's a good program. And so, yeah, man, on the road in November against a strong defensive line? Sure.
0: Yeah, they've taken the place of Boston College, who was there for quite a run with Adazio and a little bit with Halfley, where it's just it's right. lunch pail type games, whatever. You know, the analysts love that. But... You better show up because if you don't, then you're going to be in the throes of a one-score ball game, low-scoring third quarter, and and who knows at that point, crowds involved. It's kind of a slow plotting field too. You don't see it too much anymore, like Michigan State or Notre Dame back in the day with the high grass. I just feel like that track for the pros and college is a slow one, kind of sloppy. And if they're playing good physical defense on the perimeter, then you just run it right at them. That's the good thing about this offense, though, is
1: okay, they got good corners. So what? So what? This offense can do a little bit of everything. I agree. It's a game four State should win, we'll hold them to that it is a fair observation, and it could be a tough game. I'm really not I think when you get to be look, the, the reality is, and it's true with college kids, and to some degree, it's true with professionals, less so. But football does breed this, this difficulty. In remaining intensely focused every week, all the time, it's a tough game to do that for because it's so physical, because of the wear and tear, and in the case of college kids, uh, there's an immaturity uh, to the work ethic day to day that that you know usually is not the case in the NFL. and the NFL. Uh, You've got grown men competing for the ability to uh, live a lifestyle, feed a family, and continue to make house payments, boat payments, and everything else. You'll show up and do your damn job because uh, your ability to do so directly affects my wallet uh, as a teammate and a guy lining up next to you. They're all holding each other accountable week to week, a little less so in college. Again, the immaturity level and work ethic can fall off. But I do think the game itself makes it very difficult to see the laser-like focus you would want on every game. That's how you end up, oftentimes, with games that shock the hell out of you. You flip over and you're watching Alabama struggle with somebody that they should have no business struggling with or any number of other powerhouse teams that have that one game a year where it's not the arch-rival. It's not the the also-ranked-in-the-top-10 opponent. It is this no name that for some reason is currently up 13 to 10 midway through the third and a game in which the highly ranked team was favored by 28 it happens
0: yeah and we love it that's why we love the sport when it's not happening to us but if you take a look at it and the schedules up on on the war chant tv side for those of you on the radio i'll speak it out loud but if you're looking for a part of the season where you're worried about maybe the team dozing off a little bit because let's say that they do take care of business and at minimum split LSU and Clemson. So their goals are all before them. Playoff goals, ACC championship goals. Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and Duke are three consecutive home games that don't inspire a lot. They are home games, so that helps. But then on the 28th of October, you go on the road at Wake. And then on the 4th of November, that's the Pitt game on the road just before you host Miami the the next week. So it's just a sequence of non-inspiring games that crescendo in a look-ahead position with Miami on the horizon, for that trip to Pitt. So that's where it does jump off the page. Wake Forest, you might go up there a little angry because they've been, unfortunately, a lot better than us as a football program for years. So you might want to set something straight. So if you put some emotional eggs in that basket, you've got Miami on the horizon, there's your sandwich game, and Pitt is physical enough to do
1: something about it. It's the one. It's the one that jumps off the page. I think we've had enough of a setback repeatedly against the likes of Wake Forest, as to have our full attention. We're tired of it. I'm certainly going to spend a lot of time beating the drum leading up to October 28th. I've already mentioned the Wake Forest game several times. Not that what I say influences the outcome of football games, but I think that it is sort of universally felt like it's time to set the world right. Wake Forest ought not be this bane of our existence. Uh, It should not be a thorn in our side any longer. It's time... To bludgeon Wake Forest the way that Wake Forest deserves to be bludgeoned, let's set things right. They'll have our attention. The pit game, you're right, because it's sandwiched right in between. Because after that, you're gonna your next big game that you're looking ahead to is the always has your attention Miami game. Even though you you expect to win that game and you feel good about your chances of continuing the the win streak or extending the win streak there against Miami, I mean. Yeah, you can't overlook Wake Forest, obviously. But that's the human nature part of it that makes college sports
0: even more interesting than the pros. You know, the pros aren't going for a perfect season unless you're the Patriots of nearly 15 years ago. I think it is 15 years now, God. which is crazy. But, you know, if you, if you slip up along the way, not a big deal. The number one seed is still in play or a home playoff game or a division is still in play. College, you just, until this thing expands next year to 12 teams, you still have to be razor sharp week after week after week, and no matter what happens with the LSU and Clemson games, even if you we were to lose both, then the challenge becomes, okay, these are a bunch of also-rans that are coming to town. Are you going to be mature enough to handle the task in front of you? If you win them both, it's the same thing for a different reason, but that's the challenge this year. It's, I think in a way for the coaching staff, there isn't as much of a revenge tour. We like it because we want to beat Wake on the road, but for Mike Norvell, he already asked them to blow teams out that were bad last year. And they proved that they could do it. So this year it's all right, you know you're good enough to do that. Are you still gonna be mature enough
1: to stay on task? Yeah, and every team is unto itself. You know, the the, the team that shows you that they can be incredibly mature in 2023, may not be able to do so in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five. You just never know. And coaches try to get a feel for that and get a sense for that. You know, usually if you're a senior laden team, uh, when you have, uh, you know, obviously when you, ha- when you have a Jordan Travis leading the way and then on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, you, you've got a, a Fabian Lovett or somebody like that uh, that's been here for some time and they hunger for more and they're all wanting it to pay off here. You'll get those guys leading the way and have the focus of the uh, underclassmen and the, the, the younger starters, I think so. But it's just it's every year you, you don't know what you're going to have in terms of the maturity of that group.
0: That was the best part of 2013, is they all understood that if they go hair on fire for 30 minutes, not 60, for 30, their day was done. Yeah. They could hang out on the sideline, embrace the fact that they have been, especially for those upperclassmen from yeah. that team, where they were when they arrived on campus to where they are now, you bask in the glory of all the hard work. You and play you, a hangman on the sideline. And you watch the freshmen and sophomores go get some work in like you know that is the potential benefit to such a, a large swath of the schedule is if you have that that maturity from the top level you guys are done in 40 snaps you're done and then you get to build
1: for the future with a lot of good young players it's so funny cuz uh dominant teams you know i've never i was on one dominant team i've been on a few terrible teams and i'm just thinking back to what it's like the mentality of okay the, the number one thing when you're a favorite, and this Florida State team will be a favorite every week just about that they play this year. I mean, it's there aren't too many days that they will not be a favorite. I Maybe they're not a favorite at LSU by the time that game rolls around. I, I kind of think they will be A one-point favorite, something like that. They won't be a favorite on the road at Clemson, we don't think. But if you, I mean, I I mean, in theory, if you beat LSU, you know, thirty-four to seventeen or something like that, you might very well be a favorite. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess now that they will not be a favorite come game time against Clemson. They will be favored against every other team. So that's ten times they'll be a favorite in the regular season. It may be eleven, could be all twelve. That's fascinating to think about. But the number one goal when you are the favorite week to week is to ensure, in the cases in which you're an overwhelming favorite. You give no shred of hope, you leave no doubt for an opposing team to feel like they have a chance to do the improbable. And the only way you do that is to, as you noted, come out and play with your hair on fire and dominate in the first quarter. That ends any illusion, any you know delusions of grandeur any of it. It all goes the wayside. I remember you know on bad teams, if we were still in it, by halftime, you're like, oh could be our day. Just play with a little bit of pep in your step, a little bit more confidence, a little bit more belief, and confidence is a key word. If you were a decided underdog and you were down 21 points just after the first quarter, it became a playing out the string. I'm yeah. going to do my job the best I can. Let's not get hurt. Let's go. Well, both teams put in their younger players yeah. for extra work. It does. It happens that way. You're right. So, you know, hopefully this team has that. I would think because they have not accomplished a damn thing yet that they will have it every week, that every week's another opportunity to bludgeon somebody and to make a greater statement about who they are and where they want to go. Hour number two, forthcoming Jeff Cameron show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, WarChant TV.